Hello and welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here because this week we're going to tackle a really important topic for many of us down under in Australia or New Zealand or the Southern Hemisphere because it's about to be the start of the academic year and particularly if your child is starting school for the first time or even if they're going to go back to school but they have anxieties about it, this episode is perfect. And for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, this will be really helpful if your child is having anxieties around school, but particularly come back in August for those of you who will have a child starting school in the new academic term around September, this is perfect. I'm talking with the fabulous Shelley Clark, who's a fellow aware parenting instructor and parenting by connection instructor. And her second child is about to start school. So she has full of awesome suggestions. This episode is gold, so you will really love it. But I have to warn you that unfortunately the sound quality is a bit rubbish. We recorded it on the weekend. My family were about making seemingly a lot of noise. Um, A microphone was sounding a bit dodgy. It's just not brilliant, but it's so worth persisting with because what she has to offer is so great and you will take fantastic suggestions away from it that you can implement with your kids. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the gorgeous Shelley Clark and let's talk about how to help your child either start school for the first time or deal with any school anxieties before they go back for another year. So welcome Shelley, I'm so pleased that you're here. Do you want to give a brief introduction to yourself and because you're a fellow, as I said in the intro, you're a fellow aware parenting instructor and a hand-in-hand parenting instructor. So you do other things as well. So please tell us what you do. Yeah. So um, initially I trained as a physiotherapist and have worked um, as a physio for a very long time. And sort of four or five years ago, I trained doing craniosacral therapy. So now I mainly work with kids and babies and mums in that that way. Um, And then in 2016 um, or 2017, did my parenting by connection training and and last year my aware parenting training so now Uh, this year I am focusing on kind of combining all of those things in in various ways so yeah that's fabulous because that's the physical and the emotional coming together really isn't it yeah and craniosacral therapy I really love because it's a it's a mind-body connection um very gentle light touch therapy hands-on therapy um and so it's wonderful to work with babies and kids and children and um and you know pregnancy and postnatal and things like that so I love combining all of these philosophies into um, the way I'm gonna be working more yeah fantastic well let's dive in though now to starting school do you just want to give an overview of the age of your kids and then we can go in to how you're going to help your daughter start school yeah um so I have a son who's seven he'll be going into year two this year I have um, a daughter who's four, she's just about to turn five, she, um, and she's starting school in two weeks, and I have a 15-month-old son. So um, three kids, and, um, yeah, nice. So you've been, through this, you've been through it before, starting school. Yeah. So now you can use all of those lovely learnings now with the tools to then yeah. help your, your Yes, absolutely. And um, I would say the, one of the biggest things with starting school, and this, this is your first um, I started school is to get lots of listening time around uh, how you're feeling as a parent. Um, I think I only know, sort of thought about it the other day that I'm a lot calmer or 
I don't know, with Isla starting school um, than I am than I was sort of two years ago. So I had lots of listening time about my son starting school. I was sad and it was the first one and lots of grief and worried at how he would go and um, all of those things I really found helpful to talk through with a, a listening partnership um, and that really helped me then to be able to support him through that too. So that would be my first thing. For- yes, because when our children are feeling, because school can bring up so many anxieties for us as parents, can't it? <laughs> because yeah. we often can have, well, we remember how scary it can be to be left at school and we can know that feeling of just wanting your mum and you yeah. can't, you're left at school, or, you know, or maybe older on bad school experiences. So to then be able to help our children with this big, move we need to exactly right we need to be able to work yeah. on our feelings too yeah, absolutely and I just found um it really tapped into how I was feeling as a five-year-old studying school and so I worked through a lot of that um that anxiety and that worry and fear and things and it really I was like and it probably didn't it probably took six eight months after as well to <laughs> almost that first half of that first year was really me working through my stuff and and then also being able to work help um, support my son so that would be my first point because um, I don't have those same feelings with um, my daughter starting school because I've done a lot of that work already Um, yeah if it is the first time you know your first child starting that would be my first thing is to make sure you're getting lots of listening time so should we just talk about because because when the podcast comes out it'll be about a week before the Australian school goes back so for those of you who may not have a listening partner, really just if there's a way that you can even just talk to a friend or journal it going, I'm feeling sad and I'm scared and yeah. is that going to, and often it can bring up fears going, is it going to change our relationship? I remember my youngest brother, because I was 14 when he was born, so he would have been late teens when he went to school and I really noticed a difference in him when he went to school he sort of lost a bit of innocence and so I was so worried about that for my child which I didn't actually notice that happening for my child but yeah there's lots of things so if you if it's imminent for your child to go to school maybe just write out yes writing it I journal quite a lot and it might just be if people haven't journaled much it might just be a question like or you know just write what you're feeling feeling very, really worried that, um, yeah, he might lose his innocence or feeling really worried that he might not have any friends to play with or whatever the worries are or the fears are. And also I might ask the question of what does that remind me of, you know, mm. what, what does that remind what does that remind me um, from when I started school? Some people don't even think about, well, what was it like when I started school? And if you, you might not necessarily know, them have the memories fresh there but if you sink into your body and let that sort of what are you feeling come up that can really be quite and and just write it all out and that's a nice way of shifting some of that energy and shifting some of those feelings so um that's a good thing that people can do if they don't yeah yeah because often it's help, it's helpful to separate our feelings from the feelings of our children because if our child might sort of mention something slightly then we just go oh my goodness yes that's awful because we're then tapping into our feelings so it's really helpful to recognize what's going on for us offload it and then and then we can be more present for our child so and also if they're feeling uh you know children obviously pick up on all of our uh yes. kind of and now and how we're feeling and the tension in our body and and they if we have any of that carrying that then they will pick that up as well so um whatever you can do to prepare yourself 
And it might not be that you do it all in the first week of school. It's sort of an ongoing uh, thing. So how do we help our children that are starting school? So yeah. uh, um, she starts in two weeks. And so the first we talked about, we talk a lot about play and listening to feelings. So play really is where I love to start. Um, yes. Special time, you know, will increase that in the next couple of weeks, special time or um, present time, one-on-one time. And, and how often do you do special time normally? And so then what are you going to do, do you think? Yeah, well, so normally we try and do um, half an hour, like a solid half an hour, an hour once a week where it's with my husband once for an hour and myself an hour. We kind of schedule it in or half an hour, whatever we can do that they get um, that they get to plan for and she gets that they, they know that there's a big chunk of time. Yeah. Um, and we'll also do 10 or 15 minutes, um, you know, throughout the week as well whenever we need it or where, whenever they need it. But leading into school, so the next two weeks, we'll do something every day with them um, where my husband will take her for half an hour um, or an hour, whatever time we've got, um, 20 minutes, whatever really that parents have that in the lead up to school um and so that will be the main thing and it might be that she gets to pick what she wants to go and do um but it might be out of the house so yeah um might go to the pool or um, she'll go to the playground with me and or she might get to go to the beach something like that that's you know but if it's we're not going out the house. We might say, oh, it's, it's a special time, but it's a, at home today. And then she might play lots of games around school and mums and babies. And, mums and, and does babies. she initiate that? Do you find that she initiates it? She loves role-playing. Mm-hmm. Um, my son really loves roughhousing and lots of rough and tumble and lots of games with pillows and pillow fights. And, he, you know, he really loves that. She really loves role-playing. So she will often say, you're the mum. And I'm the baby, and I'm like, well, that's not. <laughs> that's, that's real life. <laughs> Actually, what's happening? But um, then we might re- reverse it, and then lately she might say um, she'll, she'll play schools. So um, that way, I find that really helpful because then she gets to be. I say, well, what would you like me to be? I'll be the teacher. She'll be the child. She'll be the teacher. I'll be the child. Um, and we can play out some of those things that sh- that she might be worried about, and so. For example, the other day, um, you know, uh, she was a teacher and I was like, oh, but I don't know where the toilet is and I'm really scared and I, I, I don't know how to, where I'm going. And, you know, she was able to kind of say, oh, it's just over here and, like, we played out. And she's quite great with that. She's done that her whole life with mums and babies and kindergarten. Um, we, we did the same thing. So role-playing can be really powerful and also... So sometimes you want to follow that laughter, um, you know, follow where they're giggling and if you do something silly and goofy and you, you get that laughter going. But sometimes she will also just use it for information and, you know, the aware pairing piece around having more information and, and kids need that information to happening. Um, so it might just be we use role-playing to play out what the morning might look like at home and how we're going to get to school and where we're going to park. And then we play that out so that it, she sort of knows what's coming next and that will help her feel safer and um, calmer and less anxiety about what's going to happen with school starting. So that can be really helpful. As to, uh, 
Fantastic. Because, yeah, my son loves a lot of rough housing. Um, mm. So we do that a lot. Sometimes we do a bit of role play, but not so much. He likes, he just likes to push me over on the bed, frankly. That's all he really wants to do. Yeah, my, my, son, my son loves lions and tigers and everyone's growling at each other and it's just this big, you know, he, he loves that. But she, and she does a little bit, but she really likes the role playing. Um, the and role do you do that yourselves or do you do that with toys? Attending or generally like where the actual characters um but i know certainly families and other kids do them with two teddy bears um and they play out the whole scenario and that can be really good as well um so whatever your child likes to do i think and following what they're doing is really, really the main thing the other thing with games um we will do lots of family games so over the next well and during school holidays, but my husband's got this last week off of um, school holidays off of work. So lots of family games where you might do like that, you know, chasey games where they get to chase you and you fall over and, you know, be silly and goofy and that sort of thing. Um, lots of love games. So um, I play, we play lots of games with where we, you know, crack a love egg over their head and, you know, fill them up with love so that they're getting lots. They're really feeling like, that strong connection with their parents, that you're there with them um, because really the connection, they, they're not going to see you for the six hours. So um, those little games where, um, you know, yeah, we crack a love egg over them and, you know, they laugh. That's gorgeous. And when you then run your hands down their body, is that? Their body and really kind of sink in. So we might, or my son loves doing the um, love gun, so around the house shoot love pellets at each other and you know then you sort of do this dramatic falling on the ground and then they all end up on top of you in some big you know yeah. um, um and so that's the sort of stuff that in the next couple of weeks and you can really amp up with your kids so that they're really feeling that connection and feeling their their mum or dad or their primary carer is with them and they're really feeling that connection as they're going off to school because it's when they feel well connected with you that it actually makes the separation well it's harder and easier in some ways but it, children need to feel that lovely connection in order to then be able to go out and explore the world so the more that we can fill them up yeah it helps them it doesn't eliminate a sense of separation anxiety but it does help them to then be able to separate from us Yes, and it does help them, absolutely. And I would say um, in the next few weeks, and we do a lot of that after school with my son and she has always joined in anyway, but um, when we're doing those games, if there is then tears that come up, um, you know, they might bump their foot on something. Can you really, you know, stop the game and listen to those feelings? Because really that connection is building that sense of safety and then the feelings about starting school can pop up too. So, um, yes, games they're always a go-to for us um, and so there's just a few little ideas for people. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Have you found that your daughter is getting upset about starting school already? Well, yes, it's interesting and that's what we were talking about this um, when I was chatting to you before about where these feelings are showing up um, and so it was interesting to notice with her as soon as we started school transitions last year, at kindy should be okay with the school transition. We'd, we'd you know, drop her off at the little um, at the school at school, and they had some nice things set out just to start transitioning the kids into school. Should be fine there. But as soon as we started there, kindy drop offs became 
much harder. Like she and I thought all year they've been okay, you know, drop her off, play a little game, and and she's been okay with me to me to go. And then last term was quite tricky, so I'd drop her off, and she just wouldn't want me to leave. She'd cling on to me, and then so it became um, yeah. Just I the first few times I was like, what is this? This is what's coming up here but then it was like the third time I'm oh okay school started and she's already starting to use this safer environment this environment that she knows that you know drop-offs okay normally um that to you you know these feelings are coming up and so I wasn't able to listen at school drop-off and then the very last day of kindy she actually had a big cry at kindy and I listened. Um, the kindy were amazing. They're very... Um, I was going to say, do you want to talk about that? Because that's one thing that people get quite... And I felt self-conscious about that to begin with, about listening to upset feelings in that environment. And so just preparing parents for when, you know, if their children are upset at school. Do you want to talk through a bit about how you did that? Yeah, it's really tricky. Um, I know kindy know... Um, the way I parent and so they were quite on board with allowing kids to you know um it's still I still feel very nervous um it's taken me a long time to be <laughs> with kind of listening the the best that we can because um, not everybody so is comfortable be- with the expression of upset is it and and so so many people just run it I remember listening to my daughter one place and people were literally running over with water bottles and biscuits going, does she need a biscuit? Does she, is she thirsty? And I think, no, no, it's okay. She's just upset. Yeah. And I actually said to them, I, cause I could see what this was about with school. And I actually said to them, I think it's around, you know, school starting and the end of this it's transition really. It's yeah. change for them and rightly so that they would have feelings coming up. And so I just sat her on my knee and we were just off to the side in kindy. So, you know, finding somewhere where you feel comfortable to listen. So it might even be for school drop-off, it might be the car. I've certainly listened to my son before we've even gotten out of the car so that I'm comfortable and calm and he's comfortable and calm. We don't have, like, all these eyes looking at us in the kid, in the courtyard. So trying to make sure we're doing a lot more of the listening where you feel comfortable to listen. So it might be at home before you even get in the car. It might be in the car before you get into school. Or if you find somewhere at school or kindy that, you know, in a corner somewhere where you can, um, or right there in the front yard, it depends on how you feel. Yes. And kids would bring up, weren't they? They'll say, oh, I don't, I can't find my shoes. Oh, I can't put my shoes on. Or they'll find something which at the time is really annoying going, your shoes are right there. You're perfectly capable of putting your own shoes on. But it's those moments that can be helpful at home, can't they? Yes, absolutely. And I um, I had that as a little point, actually, of all these little areas where feelings show up that we don't think that, you know, that they're necessarily anxious feelings about school, but they are. So the kindy drop-off was one. And even on that last day, she said to me, she's like, I just next year I don't know what's gonna happen and she had a big cry about that and then and then she was um you know she was okay and so that was um the end of last year and then this year just two weeks ago we bought some new shoes you bought new shoes you bought new shoes oh. and, and it was like five days later that she came in the other day holding on to her old to this purple one purple sneaker and she was holding on to it and she was all sad and I oh, Sweetie, what's wrong? And she said, I just don't want to give this shoe away. And so she really, um, 
you know, she was using their shoe as it was quite sad. And, and that was that balance of attention of, uh, of bringing those feelings up around letting go of this shoe. And really that's around letting go of her. That's the shoe she wore for kindy, yes. four-year-old shoe, you know. So it's really around that. It's really a grief and sadness sort of cry. And I just sat with it. It's so easy to go, oh, don't be silly. That shoe, you know, you can just, that shoe's got holes in it. It's too small for you, you know, we quite easily dismiss some of these things and I think the wonderful thing around aware parenting and hand in hand is that we we really understand what's going on for our children and and seeing that bigger picture of like this is not about the shoe um so we sat and probably cried over this shoe for an hour and then I said something about I said oh it's really sad I said you must be worried you know with your new shoes you know we, we bought your new shoes the other day something about her new shoes and then she cried even harder um, because it was around starting, starting school. So just noticing where these things might come up, all of a sudden, you know, going to the gym might be quite, you know, your child doesn't want to let you go to grandma and grandpa's or they don't want to let you go somewhere where, you know, the normal normally the drop-off is really fine and there's no worries and they're off playing, but all of a sudden they don't want to let you go and it might not, yeah, so it's often that they're worried about what's coming up. Yes, and the more that we can notice those moments at home, the more that we can use those other moments where, like you say, going to the gym or grandma's house or whatever, the easier it's going to be at school because they've had the opportunity to offload a really big chunk of upset feelings. Yeah, Yeah. because I know some people or some parents, we might go, oh, well, we're not going to talk about it until we don't want to bring it up. We just don't want to talk about it. Don't talk about school because it will worry you, worry them or it will make them cry or make them upset. But actually, if we don't talk about it and then the very thing, you know, we drop them off first day at school, it's quite a big shock. They have no way of um, processing. They're sort of just like, well, gosh, it might then all come up right there in, in the courtyard. Um, but if we are giving them the, these opportunities earlier or at home to express how they're feeling, then the drop-off um, can be a lot easier. Um, yes, and you can gauge your child, can't you? I remember Patty Whipple saying that if your child's getting upset about something, you can gauge their feelings about it. So say they wanted, an, she used the example of an ice cream. So then you're saying, no, you can't have another ice cream. And so they'll have a big cry. And then if you mention the word ice cream, if there's still feelings there, then they'll have a cry. So, you know, if your child is anxious about school, actually avoiding the word school or avoiding walking past school or getting anything ready for school is actually not helpful for your child the more times that you can mention it and then use those opportunities rather than treading on eggshells and going yeah exactly as you said then you're really preparing your child well yeah we're giving you we're giving the child this this time and space to uh sink into what's going on for them and what's happening and how they're feeling about it so that then when it happens they they just often um, my daughter will do that. She'll cry about something. And then when we're there and doing it, she'll just run off and away you go. And I think, oh, that's a lot easier than what I thought it was going to be. But it's because we've given them opportunities to offload those feelings beforehand. So um, going back to what you said before around the shoes, putting on shoes or not being able to find anything. So yeah. um, absolutely. Like I know um, it's a, some of the parents that I've worked with uh, talk about, well, my kid just won't get dressed in the morning and they won't get their shoes. And I know they can because they've been doing it since they're three. And all of a sudden they're incapable of putting their shoes on. If we can flip our lens and look at that as 
that is a signal for them wanting connection and that's a signal that there's something going on for them rather than, you know, sometimes we're in a hurry and we're trying to get organised and they're not putting their shoes on and we might be able to shout from the kitchen like, put your shoes on, and they're not doing it and we're getting frustrated. So the first point of call for me is always to check in with myself. What mm. What's my nervous system doing? How calm, you know, am I up here running around and they're just not, you know, can't really feel me. So calming myself down, taking some big breaths, but I'll actually go into them and help them put their shoes on, even though my son might be seven and can easily put his shoes on and so can my daughter. But recognizing that that's a signal for them to they can't they want some connection or they have some feelings that they want to offload so using those opportunities in the morning before school can be like you know awesome that's just what they're wanting yeah so ideally to sort of factor some time in particularly for the first term or the first couple of weeks going you might need to yeah I hate to say this, get up a bit earlier or prepare things the night before just so you can make your mornings easier for those moments if they come up. Absolutely. And I um, thought about it the other day because, um, you know, we give, bre- kids, we give kids breakfast. We want to make sure that they've had, you know, food before. We talk about them having nourishing food so they've, you know, got energy for the day and their brains are going to work and all those things. Um, but actually a love meal, like a... Yes. a- and you know a meal and a time so 10-15 minutes or a few minutes but making sure um you know that you've made eye contact with them that you've gotten down on their level you said hello how are you this morning sweetie and you know you've played with them and it might be that they're by the time that they're getting their shoes on you haven't spent much time with them because it's busy in the morning and everyone's getting ready um and so actually going and putting your that I will sometimes put their shoes on for them um, if it's a, if I feel that it's a connection that they're wanting and I'll put them on with them and we'll play a little game, maybe put the shoe on the knee or maybe I might, yes. um, you know, put the shoe on my elbow or, um, and, you know, no, that's not my thought. And, you know, so it might be that they're needing, that all they're needing is some, some connection and, and, you know, attention and laughter with you, which helps fill their love cup up. Or it might be that you do that and then there's something else. Like I can't, you know, then they, um, sometimes you put the shoes on for them like that and then they'll go and pack their bag. They'll go and get their lunchbox. They'll do it. They'll be in the car waiting because that's what they needed. Yes. But then other times you put their shoe on, but then they're still not getting their bag and they're still not getting this and they're still not getting that. That might be where you set that loving limit and say, no, sweetie, you can do this. You know, I'm right here with you. And, and there might be some tears come up around something else so you kind of gauge what the morning is like but absolutely having a bit more time so that you expect these things to come up um, at home before you get to school make drop off much easier yes I love that um the love meal idea that's <laughs> such a sweet thing because we we really, like kids need that emotional connection it, they need to be felt and understood and seen and it's almost it's as important as you know food and water and shelter and and all those other things and yeah so it is yeah we, do that we you know we do all those things before we send them off to school but really making sure that they're feeling you their love cups full maybe it's a chase once their shoes are on maybe you go right oh my gosh let's have a race to the kitchen and then you know you crack an egg over them or you love them with a hug or you know all sorts of stuff where they can um really feel you is, is really helpful for them oh 
Love it. Imagine if everybody had that in the mornings. Nourishment emotionally as well as physically. I mean, just such a beautiful way to start the day. And then it does set you up really well for the day. And don't get me wrong. It's not always like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm very clear on this podcast. This is not about perfection. think that that's what our morning is like all the time. I mean, I'm going, wow, <laughs> I'd want to be in that household. But, but I think especially when they're starting school, we need to sort of really appreciate how big it is for them and what and we can do. Making it a focus and, and kind of bringing it to the forefront of your mind as a parent. And then if you are focusing on it a little bit, then it gives them a chance to um, focus on it. If you give, create some of that space in your mind going, oh, what would they need? Or or they're starting school, you know, trying to tap in with like, oh, what, what might they be feeling um, right now or as, as transition? And is it that they need to know where their classroom is, where this is, where that is? And maybe we go to school for a little visit for school start, you know, the week before and um, really this is where we're going to park and this is where I'm going to meet and um, that sort of thing. So they just making sure they've got all the information that they need and then, you know, playing with them, the feelings and listening as much as they can. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous. Because we're not going to need to do this every morning. You're not going to, you know, for those listening, this is not something you're going to have to do forever because when our kids then become more confident and capable, then then they'll, it, the mornings will flow, but then there might be times. Sometimes the first week can be okay. And then feelings come up. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, with my son, I think the first week was fine. I was like, mm, this is this dream child. This is perfect. <laughs> off, ran off and I was like, uh, bye. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm standing there going, oh, he's gone to school. Um, and so that was the first week. But then the second week was when um, it became a lot harder and um, a lot of these feelings came up and more so after school. So, um, I know you've talked about after school with on another one, one of your other podcasts, but for parents that don't have any kids at school yet and knowing that their after school can be um, quite a, you know, a big for them as well. So reconnecting with you. So we've done all this lovely connection in the morning. You've sent them off to school and coming back. They've had a whole day where they've had to regulate. They're learning new things, especially in this first few weeks and term and six months of school they're really getting used to the systems and um procedures and you know even just how bright the lights are and where the toilets are and you know listening to the teacher and sitting still and all those things is really hard for them to regulate Mm. when they come home they then come back into their safe place and they reconnect with you and it can be this big kind of explosion of, of feelings that come out in different ways it might just be crying it might be that aggressive kind of behavior the shouting it might be and it also might just be retreating back in again and that they feel disconnected and you it's they're hard to reach and so just having plans in place for connection after school I think is really important too so it might be that you don't have anything on that you go and do uh, and then you come home and you feed them because they're often hungry um you know you feed them or give them snacks but then there's lots of time lots of space and free time where you're there with them and around you know playing with them reconnecting a roughhousing game after school whatever whatever have a love snack in the afternoon you've had your love meal in the morning (laughs) something yummy like that yeah yeah um, these are really great things what else we do um socks 
Sock bites. Sock bites are so amazing. So getting every dad socks are the best, but any socks do. We do it with my son's undies. I was I did a, a workshop where I bought two packs of undies thinking it'd be hilarious. Everybody think it would play. Anyway, so I now have loads of undies. So yeah, that's exactly what we do. We just throw undies around. Those. Yeah. And my daughter does a very different thing to my son. You know, he has two stations and wants to throw them. And she wants someone in the middle where she's then pelting socks at us. So um, just following what they want to do with those sort of things um, is really helpful and yeah. it helps them to let go and release of uh, any of the tensions from the day and reconnect with you and know that their world hasn't changed even though they haven't been around you for, for that whole day. So, yeah. So then again, that adds into the, the more that you can do at home, whether before school or after school, the easier drop-off the next day will be because they've had this opportunity to reconnect and offload feelings and just yeah. work through stuff. So yeah, so good. Yeah, absolutely. And it might not be straight after school that they're ready for that. It might be before bed. Um, and whenever you're av- available as well, they will often sense that. And, you know, then they might bring up the feeling. So um, yeah, there's sort of. Yeah, that's fantastic. No, that's been so helpful and great to hear about how your daughter loves the role play and, you know, those other ways of helping our children with what's going to happen. And even just, as you said, you know, providing that information about this is where we're going to park and this is where we're going to go. And, you know, so that they do have that because a lot of times, you know, when people are feeling powerless, it's often because of lack of information as well as sort of emotionally what's happening. So to give them that information just helps them feel a bit more competent, doesn't it? And helps them feel a bit more prepared and on top of things and ready to face it. Yeah, absolutely. And even with that, um, making sure they can open their lunchbox and that they can do their zips up on their bags and so you can role play some of those things in a fun in a fun um, way. Um, and so that they, and, you know, even things like going to the toilet and things at school, making sure that they can, you know, often by five they can do all those things, but but making sure that they feel confident in in all of those things can help them too. Yeah, so good. Oh, Shelley, thank you so much. This is brilliant. Yeah, it's perfect timing and, and particularly the, your daughter starting. My son's about to start school too. And so um, for both of us, it's the second time around. So we've had learnings from the first time, um, yeah. which means that we can help our children prepare. And as you say, we're not so emotionally charged as well, because when our children are getting upset, if we're then really tense going, yes, it's going to be awful, <laughs> you know, and we've got those fears inside of us, it's hard to then listen to our children. Yeah. So and I love yeah. how you started this going, it's really helpful to, to work on your own feelings first. Yeah. And with what you just said then, um, we might even say, like really making sure that we are working through our fears and anxieties because even if we go, if they're really worried and we go, no, no, there's nothing to worry about, it's okay, but really our bodies and um, yes. uh, it, that we're, we're kind of tense because we haven't worked through our own um, our own feelings around it. They'll pick that up and it's confusing for them. And so making sure we're really clear um, about how we're feeling and what's going on for us around it. Um, there was a time, very quick story, I know. We've mm, that's but, um, for my son, pickup became really, um, I was really anxious about pickup. I did not want to be late for him for pickup. I didn't want him waiting there and there was something around me being late and I, I would get so stressed around pickup time um, and my daughter was obviously 
feeling that because then she just didn't want to go inside. And so she'd be laying on the sidewalk having this kind of meltdown, crying. And I think she it was hard for her with the transition of not having her brother around as much. Yeah. And noticing that it might not always be a school-age child that you might listen to around um, starting school. And it's, you know, the oh, young good point. Yes. are going through a transition because it's changing for them too. So um, so then I'm listening to her on the sidewalk but worried about, you know, not wanting to be late. So I had to work through those feelings too around what it was like to wait at school if parents were late or um, and making sure I had heaps of time. So I'd go to school drop-off school, like pick up early so that I could listen to her and then yes. school with waiting there for him but then now that's really different. Now I'll just say to him, look, if I'm running a bit late, wait by this tree and he's fine and I'm fine and actually everyone now, you know, I can leave a lot closer to pick-up time because I don't have that same feeling around um, being late for pick-up. So making sure you're working through your own stuff too so that um, that the, our kids don't pick up on it and <laughs> our yes. we can listen to their things and and uh, and have that separation between what's ours and, and what's theirs. So. Yeah. Thank you, Shelley. That has been so fantastic. I've loved all the ideas. I love the love egg and oh, everything you've mentioned. How can people find out about you? Because you're in South Australia in Adelaide and you've got a brand new website coming out. Yes. Yes. So I'm in Adelaide um, in Seacliff and people can find me at www.embodiedtherapies.com.au. I'll put a link to it in the notes. That's my um, new little business that combining um, physio, craniosacral therapy, um, parenting workshops, mums and bubs classes, stuff like that. So, so I've actually got a parenting by connection starter class starting in a couple of weeks, which I still have two or three spots for. Um, and so if parents want to jump into that, if they're local here in Adelaide, yeah, my details are on the website for that. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. So check out embodiedtherapies.com.au and there you will see the fabulous Shelley. All right, Shelley, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, I will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.